0: Uh, I feel like the Lord just kind of dropped something into my spirit this morning. Uh, kind of once I found out we would be going a little different direction this evening than classes. And um, I, I feel like it's not going to be anything all that profound per se. In fact, some of it's stuff I've ministered on in the past. Um, but I, I just I feel like, you know, we we, we have... Um, uh, Doing 21 days of fasting, but uh, actually, our the stuff we are doing with Engage is is going for three more weeks. And um, I, I just I, I I feel this this evening to sort of I guess to a degree challenge you with something, um, and so here we here we go. Matthew 4:19 says. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Mark 1:16, which is basically the same scenario, but from the Gospel of Mark, it says it this way. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway, they didn't hesitate. They didn't didn't have to think it all through. They immediately... I wonder how many things that God has for us, wants from us, we've missed because we hesitated. We had to think it through. We had to figure it all out straightway immediately they forsook their nets and followed him follow me i will make you fishers of men follow me and i will make you to become fishers of men father thank you for the privilege once again of being together with your body believers people of like precious faith thank you for all that you're doing thank you for what you're going to do I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, I believe we're we're in a very pivotal, significant season. And I pray that you would minister tonight in this place what you would desire to say, what you feel like we need to hear. God, let me be a conduit through which you can speak this evening to say what you want to say, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Passes by and he sees them and invites them to come follow him and says, I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. The word become, actually, it's both words to become in the English are from one Greek word. And according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, to become means to become. I'll let that sink in for a moment. That's powerful. To become, i.e., to come into existence. Begin to be. Receive being. Come into existence. Begin to be. Receive being. Follow me. And I want you to go fish. Is that what his instructions were? Follow me and go fish for men. It's not what he said to him. He said, I want you to follow me and you will become fishers of men. You see, and this is kind of the gist of what I feel to communicate to you this evening. If we're not careful, we can get caught up in doing. We can get focused on doing. But really, we're not called to do. We're called to be. We're called to become. You can do without being. You can do without being, but you can't be without doing. You can do religious activities without being a disciple, without being a saint. You can pray, you can worship, you can come to church, you can can even evangelize, but not truly be. Be. And again, not expecting to be in this setting this evening with the opportunity to just say whatever the Lord was wanting to say differently than what we had expected. I feel like it's, and it's not just about this week and the next three weeks, but it, 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 it is, a, I believe it's a critical, important moment because the idea isn't for you to go, well, Uh, And some of you probably already read all the verses for the week on Monday anybody Uh, figured that (laughs) that's okay so at least you read how how many of you read the verse on the passage on Monday how many of you are disciplined you've only been reading each day what's yeah you're not orange (laughs) you're probably gold or green So, you, you, okay, now, check, we got Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, the Bible reading, and then, now, Tuesday, I gotta, okay, they, when did they say again that they were gonna be posting something on Tuesday evening? Cause I, I gotta watch that when that comes out, and Wednesday morning, is that, is that, is that link up for that message yet? Cause I gotta listen to that message, and now I gotta listen to this song, check, 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 no, no, no. It's not about doing so that we can check the boxes. It's about being. And when I am focused on being who I'm supposed to do, doing the things I should do is going to come as a result of that. So again, the goal for this week and the next three weeks is not for you to check a box every day. It's for you to focus on being who God has called you to be, and allowing God to use those things that He chooses to be the tools to develop us into who He has called us to be. To be honest, it's a little easier to focus on just the doing. That's true. That's because I can accomplish the doing without ever changing. Well, we're supposed to pray, yes, and as long as I pray, that's oh, yes, really? How about this? There's a Pharisee and there's a publican praying. And one of them is informing God how privileged God is to have him praying to him. Rehearsing to God all of the religious things that he does. And then over in a corner, you got this sinner who's telling God how bad and messed up. And They were both praying, but only one of them really had God's attention. They were both participating in the act of prayer, but one was not really being effective. The other was. There was so many different things shared last night in the conversation on grief that I saw, thought I thought were so was so profound and 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 revelatory. And one of the things among the many that stood out, and I I restated it at the end, but Brother Alan McGuckian's statement about prior to going into some of his trials, how the Lord told him, "There's some stuff that's going to come out of you." But I already know about all of it. I know what all's there. I know what's going to come out, and I'm not going to be surprised. How can God be surprised by what comes out of you if He knows it's already there? <laughs> so. It, it's so easy, and, and, and I think, I, I believe this is, a, this is a trap for all of Christianity, but I'm going to tell you tonight, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a ditch to the side of this road for us as apostolics. By the way, we've spent, I think, maybe you could say probably decades sort of owning the term apostolic. And we let go of Pentecostal because there was a bunch of people that believed a little differently than we did that started embracing the term Pentecost. So we're no longer Pentecostal. We're now apostolic. Well, I got bad news for you. Back several weeks ago when I preached and showed the video of that church that used this, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the pattern from Lord of the Rings to get rid of the spirit of racism. They professed. They literally said they were apostolic. I don't know what kind of apostolic that was, but that's not the apostolic we are. So if you think now that just because we call ourselves apostolics, that separates us, not really anymore. Which is really not a bad thing because it's really not about a label or a brand. So all of that being said, back to what we do call ourselves. <laughs> I do think one of the, one of the ditches of the road we can fall into is because of what we believe and the way we believe it we can get into a doing mentality a performance mentality rather than focusing on becoming the lord said to to jeremiah i want you to go down to the potter's house I want you to watch the potter work. I know there's all kinds of reasons and applications for that. But I think one of the things we can draw from that in the context here this evening is you don't go from a lump of clay to a finished vessel in an instant. It is a process of becoming. Another thing I loved last night was Sister Kim's statement the P word. That is so true. God does everything as a process. And it's rarely ever an enjoyable process. Do you think if that lump of clay had feelings, it would be spinning on that wheel going, this is so awesome. I love this. This is fantastic. My world is spinning out of control. Or when the hands of the potter begin to squeak. Oh, yes, that side there. Yeah, get that spot. Yeah. I really doubt it. Or after all that we're going to put you in the furnace for a while. It's all a part of a lump becoming a vessel. Anybody feel like your world's been spinning out of control some? Anybody a couple of all right? Anybody feeling squeezed a little bit lately? Yeah. Anybody feeling the heat lately? Come on. Anybody been dealing with those things and trying to figure out what's wrong? What have I done wrong? Where's God? What do you mean where's God? He's squeezing. He's shaping. He's molding you. Not so that you can do, but so that you can become. Yeah. Come on. Again, he didn't say, come with me guys and go fish. Because you can remain who you are and what you are and just go fish. I don't want you just to go fish. I want you to become. I don't want you just to do. I want you to become. Matthew 3, 16. Jesus, when He was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto Him. And He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon Him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, "This is my beloved son. Watch what he does." No reading. No. Oh. <laughs> I try. This is my beloved son, in whom I. Am. What tense is am? He didn't say this is my beloved son in whom I will be. Which is the way we really kind of think because how can you be his beloved son when you haven't even done anything? How can you be his beloved son when you haven't performed any miracles yet? How can you be his beloved son when you haven't ministered to thousands yet? You haven't broken five loaves and two fishes. You haven't walked on water. You haven't opened any blind eyes. You haven't done anything yet. And yet the voice from heaven says, this is. Because the father's perspective was, it's my beloved son because he's my son. He's not going to be my beloved son because of all the things he's about to do. He's actually going to do all the things he's about to do because of who he is. I'm not, I'm not here to play semantics with you tonight, folks. I'm not here to waste your time just playing with the English language. <laughs> and if that's all you get from this, then no offense, but you, 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 you're missing it. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Next chapter, first verse, next chapter. Then Jesus was led up, led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So again, the chapters and verses is not the original. That's what was put there for our ease of reference. So he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness. And so that the devil can tempt him. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hunger. I can never read this verse without stopping for a rant. Tell me, please, how he fasted 40 days and then was hungry. I fasted Monday morning when I got up and was starving. Tell on my wife. She was fussing today. We ought to just do seven days straight through and be done with this. I said, "Wow, sounds like we're on the right track. <laughs> sounds like this is working for you. <laughs> I know we ain't got no hangry folks. How is it? I was—I forget who I was talking to about this, but." I I can go all day without eating anything. I can go all day without eating. I can go all day and have my cup of coffee in the morning and go till dinner time and not even think about it. But you say you're fasting, and before I can even get out of bed, I am famished. And Jesus went 40 days and then was hungry. I don't get it. Then I've heard, I've heard my dad tell this before. I don't get, you know, when fasting straight through, well, usually, you know, those first two or three days, and, and then after that, the hunger goes away. I never had that kind of fast. I'm hungry until I eat again. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hunger. Afterward. How in the world was he afterward and hunger? I'm already starving, and I got 24 hours to go. <laughs> and when the tempter came to him, he said, "If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread." What is he saying here? He's saying, "Do something. Do something. Do so- wait a minute." He's also questioning if, if you are the Son of God, what did the voice from heaven just say? This is. My beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He, he said, this is my son. And just, a, just moments later, at least relatively speaking, moments later, the enemy comes and says, if you are who you say you are, do something to prove it. When you know who you are, you don't have to do something to prove it. I have this gift. It's one of the gifts I know God has given me. It is the gift of being able to look at or smell something and know I do not like it. <laughs> and it is a very accurate gift. So My wife, many times through the years, well, have you tasted it? No. Then how do you know you don't like it? I know. Timothy's taken a couple of times now to go and we'll have there be something on the table that I don't like. And he goes, Dad, if you love me, you'll taste it. Guess what? If that's what he's banking the evidence of my love on, he's in big trouble. Because all that does is push the stubborn right button. If you are who you say you are. Really, he wasn't questioning who Jesus was saying he was. He was questioning who the Father was saying. Right. Come on. Right. Come on. If you are who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. And he answered and said, "It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The problem is when you get into the mode of doing as the measurements for success, when you stop doing, you struggle with feeling like you are succeeding. (laughs) Nobody's celebrating Tom Brady, quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, because he's such a wonderful guy, such a great human. They're celebrating him because at 43 years old, and I'm not really a Tom Brady fan and I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but Brother Benner at 49 years old, it's kind of hard not to cheer for the old guy. That's just saying. (laughs) And I know 43 is not old, but in the sports world, it's kind of ancient. In football, it's ancient, especially in that. There was a kicker, I think, that played until his late 40s, but it's a little different. He's being celebrated because he he won. His team won. You know what everybody's talking about right now? All football fans are talking about? Tom Brady's coming back next year. Tom Brady will be back next year. Tom Brady still got it. You know what would have happened if the Buccaneers would have lost Sunday night? Everybody would have been saying, Tom Brady needs to retire. He's done. He's finished. He's washed up. He needs to quit. But because his team won... He's done something. You know what? Well, this this is probably going to cross some of your theology. You know why some of you have such a difficult time developing a consistent prayer life? Not the devil. It's not your flesh. It's God. Because God knows that... Part of, if not a big part of your motive for your prayer life is, i got to check this box so I can be a child of God. I can be a Christian. I can get approval from the Father because I prayed today. Should we pray? Of course. Should we all have a consistent prayer life? Absolutely. You know, I've struggled for years. Hopefully I'm going to help somebody rather than disillusion somebody i've struggled for years because there have been there, there was there was it was some of you were here there was a guy that came through years ago and taught that you better be praying before the sun literally you better pray every day before the sun comes up some of y'all get brother benner brother ever now and then brother benner and i would be a communication he would be like, I, I slept in today yeah how late you sleep well i got up at five I don't know what kind of definition of sleeping late 5 a.m. is. That is not late in my book. I'm not lazy, but I'm not an early morning person. I'm all about the work day being like 10 to 6, you know. (laughs) And there have been times where I've got up. I succeeded at getting up early to pray. And as long as I was walking and praying, Brother Gus, I was okay. The moment I sat down. Because I can sleep anywhere, just about any time. And you know what? I've spent a long time battling condemnation, praying any other time of the day than first thing in the morning before the sun comes up. Oh, boy, I'm on. Brother Wright, you better be careful. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do I believe that that is a principle we can use in prayer? Yes. Was that first and foremost thing he was referencing was prayer? It's amazing, oh, Lord. I, I don't consider myself, you know, a rebel, but every now and then, of course, according to my wife, I'm mild compared to others, so that's I'm going to keep that in mind. I meant that positively. Don't read into that. Was not a slur against her. But it's it's amazing as much as we all, again, as apostolics, know, you don't build a doctrine off of a verse. It's amazing some of the things we built off of a verse. Here I'm gonna touch another sacred cow. Jesus said to the disciples, could you not watch with me one hour? There you go. That is the proof. You better pray an hour every day. Really? He's suffering, crying out. They fell asleep, and he was teaching us this major thing on prayer. Couldn't you stay awake for an hour? Maybe we should have had classes tonight. Say it again. Should you pray? Absolutely. You know, when I found my most consistent times of a regular time of prayer to be when I've been in that place in my life where it wasn't about the fact I had to pray a certain amount of time every day. It was actually when I started getting into an into a habit of all day long, I was in connection and I was, you know what? My wife and I, we don't, she probably wishes we would, but we don't, we don't sit down for one hour every single day face to face and talk, but we are in communication throughout most days. The problem is this, you can check off the box of your set time of prayer and then live the rest of your day on your own and that's negative or you may not get in that time of prayer so you spend the rest of your day disconnected when you could be connected. I don't believe your prayer life should consist only of riding in the car and praying on your way to work and on your way. I don't. But why not use that time? Again, I, I'm not. Please, I, I'm just declare. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray early in the morning. I'm not. But I, I got a question. What's more productive? Me getting up at five a.m. and as long as I'm walking, I'm okay. But the moment I sit down, I start falling asleep. But bless God, I prayed early in the morning or me praying at 10 o'clock at night and really praying or at three o'clock in the afternoon and really praying and connecting and fellowshipping with God, which is. I'm on it. I guess I'm going to stay on it for now. I I, I just listened a couple of weeks ago to a, a man of God. Considered to be a friend of mine, I think he would consider me to be the same thing. Teach about prayer and how he prays basically every day. And you know what? It's completely different than pretty much anything else I've ever heard. I don't know about you, but that gets a little confusing to me. Well, I, I, so, so and so says we should pray this way, and then then this other I, prayer. I, there's there's a great church, great man of God that's taught and. Uh, set a pattern of of the tabernacle and the prayer of the tabernacle is a pattern of prayer. It's awesome. It's wonderful. And there's others that are going to teach you the Lord's prayer as a pattern of prayer. So what are you supposed to do every day? Pray the tabernacle, pray the Lord's prayer and pray four or five other different ways other people have said to pray? Or are you just going to figure out? I, I, I probably shouldn't say this. I said, I forget, I've discussed this with somebody recently. It may have been you. I can't remember. I, I, I'm reluctant to quote this verse because I really want to dig into it more than I ever have. But the Bible says you're supposed to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There are some things in the word of God that are absolutely absolute. <laughs> they are they are. They don't waver. They don't vary. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. I don't know what interpretation you need on that. It's plain its day. But there's a lot of things that it's principles. And at the end of the day, you got to figure out, Brother Yu coin. I believe Brother Yu is the one that coined the phrase. He coined it, if I've heard Bishop say it one time, I've heard him say it a thousand times. Rigid in principle. Flexible in application. The, the principle is the principle. But the application of it may differ from one person to the next. And if you and I are just simply caught up in doing, that's going to give some of us anxiety. <sighs> whoa, 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 wait wait a minute. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how we're supposed to do it. You're not doing it this way. Well, is it, is it a law or is it a principle? Hallelujah. You know why I... One of the reasons... And, once again, this is not in the notes. Most of this isn't. You know why it's important to me that we have different men and women of God from time to time minister in this congregation? Because I am not the way you have to do it. The way God has equipped me to minister, the way I teach, the way I preach... That is not the the way. It is a way, and part of the part of not the only, but part of the purpose for me of men and women and God coming and ministering is because somebody may come. You may look at me and go, brother Wright. You know, I appreciate what you do. You're my pastor. I love you. I respect you. I think you're absolutely awesome but I just can't, I don't know if I can do what you do. Good. Somebody else may come through here, and they may minister in a way, and something clicks inside of you and says, you know what, I can identify with that. Does the hand say to the foot? Because you're not the hand, we don't need you. Does the eye say to the ear? Because you're not the eye. No, we need every unique part as a part of the body of Christ. When David was about to go out and fight Goliath, Saul tried to give David his armor. There wasn't anything wrong with Saul's armor for Saul. There was something wrong with Saul's armor on David. And you know what David did? What probably many of us would have done. I mean, what young guy wouldn't have thought it was pretty cool to put on the king's armor? I felt, I, they don't, nobody, I, I mean, I, I texted my family the selfie right away, I, but nobody really knows. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out. My heart was racing from the, and it was in Hillsmere where the dog place was, till I, I, I felt like a kid, man. If I felt like that by seeing a baseball player, what do you think David felt? When the king said, hey, okay, put on my armor. Sure, man, I'll put on your armor. Eat your heart out, guys. Y'all all got your armor. I got the king's armor. And the Bible says he started to go. But then he recognized, you know what? I don't know how to use this. I don't know how to use Saul's sword. I don't know how to use Saul's armor. All I know how to do is use a sling and some stones. Now, a sling and some stones is not quite as intimidating looking as this king's armor. But again, David was not an underdog going out on the battlefield with his sling. The Bible talks about slingers who can, within a hair's breadth, hit a target. That's the problem is some of you want to go out and fight giants, but you haven't practiced with your sling enough. The reason David could go out and use the sling to kill Goliath is because David was working on being. He was practicing. I know he said, you come with a sword and shield. I come in the name of the Lord. But I, I think I think a lot of times we sort of imagine it this way. David walked out there with his sling and his stones and he had his eyes. Oh, God, please let this hit the target. It's not what he did. He looked at his target and he knew how to hit it. And you know what? God's probably equipped you with some things that they don't look as intimidating as some of the other people's weapons and tools. But if you'll use what God has given you, if you'll be who God has equipped you to be, You will succeed. If you are the Son of God, prove it. Thankfully, thankfully, Jesus didn't fall into that trap. I taught on this in depth several years ago. and I'm not going to get all into it tonight, but one more point along these lines and I'll, I'll move on. The problem would have been if in that moment Jesus would have given in to the temptation to prove who he was by doing something? What do you think would have happened when he was hanging on the cross? And people were shouting to him in public, if you are who you say you are, come down. You see, you can look at those stones in the wilderness and him turning them into bread if he would have done that and nobody else around and thought, well, I mean, going to nobody knew, nobody would have known except for Jesus. Yeah, but he would have been giving into a pattern that maybe turning a few stones into bread was not a big deal, but coming down off of a cross was a big deal because if he didn't complete the process on the cross, you and I would not have had the salvation that we now have. And so if he would have gotten caught up in, well, if I just do all the right things, I can check the box off of who I am, we would have been in big trouble. But thankfully, somehow, he bought into the revelation of being rather than trying to do. Listen to this, John 6, verse 66. I just, I just, if you're not on social media or YouTube or whatever, then you're blessed to not know this. But you start, you watch one video, and next thing you know, you've got all kinds of similar videos popping up, and you can go hours without even real following one after the other. And somehow on my Facebook, I've now got all these prophets that are popping up. And I I wasted a few minutes the other night on one of them as he was using all these different numbers from the Super Bowl, scores, what Super Bowl it was, that these were all prophetic, symbolic things. You really think God pre-planned the Super Bowl and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and the score in the game because he needed a way to tell the body of Christ something? I really struggle with that. (laughs) So now that I've said all of that, how about, look at that. This is 666. (laughs) Chapter 6, verse 66, so 666. And look at what it says. Just think, God intervened in the creators of the biblical references to make sure that this verse had 666. As my dad would say, sarcasm alert. (laughs) From that time, many of his... What's that next word? Not the crowd, not the multitude... Disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you go also? And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I wonder if I could say this in the context of tonight. I wonder if the reason some of those disciples walked away because they were caught up in doing. And when doing became too inconvenient, you can just give up. But when you're about being and not just doing, it doesn't matter how inconvenient it gets. It doesn't matter how, much, how challenging it gets. As Peter says, where are we going to go? We're a couple of months away from celebrating 29 years of marriage. I don't even think I've been alive 29 years. How have I been married 29 years? Of course, I've been married most of my life. I mean, I was, you know, I was a kid. I like to say 20 and a half. It sounds, you know, a little better. I wouldn't trade marriage for the world. I wouldn't wouldn't want to be single for anything in the world. And I wouldn't trade my spouse for any other spouses or any other woman. I I I am thankful and content and very happy. But that being said, it hasn't been smooth sailing for 28 plus years. There have been some bumps and bruises. I know y'all probably look at us and think, man, they just, na- you ain't been in our bedroom. You haven't heard the, arguments and struggles that we've had to work through some of y'all minds just went the wrong place i'm telling you y'all need to get engaged with the spirit of god and being so carnal good lord <laughs> jesus help us <laughs> How many, let me see all the 15 plus years of marriage, been married 15 years or more. All y'all 15 plus years or more that it has been just the most wonderful, simplest journey. Keep your hands up. We got a couple of very wise men. Not sure how honest they are, but they're wise. I got a feeling spouses see right through it, though. That ain't how you were acting before we came to church tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. But you know what? As difficult as some days and weeks, months at times has been, Brother Mike, where am I going to go? Where else am I going? Well, I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not divorcing, not throwing in the towel. Why? Because marriage for me is not about just doing. Because if it's only about doing when it doesn't go very well, why are you going to keep doing? But when you make a commitment and it's about the fact, you know what? God is amazing. From the beginning of time, God was as much God then as he is now. God is not any, he hasn't developed as a God and is more God today than he was in Genesis 1.1. There's no God 2.0. But I believe that I am a much different husband today than I was in 1992 when I said I do. In fact, I'm certain I am. I'm a much better husband. I know I am. I don't need nobody to tell me. I know I am. But I'm so cocky about that because I know I still got a long way to go. Why? Because I am pursuing being, not trying to do. The greatest fulfillment doesn't come just because you've done and checked the box. It comes because of being. I'm winding down. Galatians 5, 19. I'm missing a dash there. Galatians 5, 19, 23. Watch this. There's two words I want you to to see here. Two words. I'm going to read several verses, but I want you to particularly see two words here. Verse 19, now the works. That's the first word I want you to see. The works. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So these are the works, and also want you to notice that the word works is plural. But now watch this, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. So the word works and the word fruit. The word works is plural and the word fruit here is singular. This is not the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. All of these things that Paul is listing here are characteristics of one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The Amplified, I just want you to see the first part of these two verses. The Amplified, verse 19, says, Now the doings, the practices of the flesh are clear, they're obvious. The, the what? The doings. Now watch this. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes. The work which His presence. You see, when the flesh is doing it, it's work. When the Spirit is doing it, it's not your work. It's His work. I produce the works of the flesh. My actions, my efforts produce the works of the flesh. But no matter how hard you and I may try, we cannot produce the fruit of the spirit. Because it's the fruit of the spirit. And if you and I are able to produce it, then it's the fruit of us. And it's not the fruit of us, it's the fruit of The spirit. So my responsibility is not to focus on the doing in verse 19. My responsibility is to focus on the being. What's the being? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Because if I can be a sanctuary for the spirit of God to dwell in, live in, live through, I am going to be and do all of those other things that I should As long as you're focused on doing, there's an option to quit. I'm tired of doing. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of, I'm tired, I'm tired. But when you're focused on being, there are no options. I know there's some folks that haven't felt this way, but I believe with all of my heart, there's some people in this sanctuary tonight, you've been through some hurt and pain as a part of this church from people in this church, whether leadership or fellow brothers and sisters, but there are some of you here tonight that your attitude is it may not be, this may not be the perfect place and it's not going to be, it never will be. But some of you are, the, are of the opinion, I got nowhere else to go. Not that you don't have anywhere else to go. There is no place else to go. Because church is not... My, 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 in, my involvement in the kingdom, my, my, my location in a, in a local body of Christ is not like picking from a fast food chain. Got any McDonald's people here tonight? Probably not many. But have we got any McNo- Whoa. they Whoa! good at least there we we got one. Timothy, Timothy was here. He'd he'd have his hand up. Got any Burger King people? A few more. We got any Burger Joint people? buddy we got it. We got any Five Guys people? I'm, I'm pretty much a Five Guys person now. Pick your poison. (laughs) 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 Okay, man. I I, it's just that that it's (laughs) the more the more people in your family, the more. Where do y'all want to eat dinner today? I don't care. Where do y'all want to go for lunch? I don't care. Uh, Somebody, where do y'all? We don't care. Nobody. Six people in this car. Not one of you cares. No, wherever you... Well, then let's go here. Oh, man, we don't want to go there. Wait a minute. You just told me you didn't care. You were lying. Go repent. The kingdom of God, my relationship with God, my connection to the body of Christ... I, I probably shouldn't go here, Brother Ellenberger, <laughs> but it, social media is public, so I'm sorry. I, I just, I'll, I'll, I won't call a name. Some of you will know exactly what I'm referencing. I just saw somebody has let the world know today they are no longer participating in any kind of organized religion. They're not going to church anymore. And, and then this statement was made, how much peace they now felt. I really shouldn't say this part, but I will. The reason a person feels that much peace is because when you switch teams, the one that was fighting you so much, there were no Tampa Bay Buccaneers tackling Tom Brady Sunday night. The only people trying to tackle Tom Brady were Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady wasn't sitting there worried all night about whether or not somebody in a Buccaneers jersey was going to knock him to the ground. All kind of free stuff here this evening, boy. (laughs) Where else are we going to go, Lord? You alone have the words of eternal life. And I'm very sorry to tell you, ain't nobody getting to heaven by themselves from their house all alone. Because it's the body that's going to heaven. It's not individuals that are going to heaven. The body is going to heaven. You can't get there by yourself. And anything that gets detached from the body is either dead or artificial. So I, I I'm I, I'm I'm excited I can I can I think it's okay to say how excited I am about what's going on right now because it's not all coming from me. There's some other folks that have given some input and contributions and uh Brother Woodward's message. I didn't pick that message series, somebody else came across that and other stuff that we're doing. Others I said it Sunday night, I'm gonna say it again this evening. If you will Invest yourself in these next several weeks. I believe you will get through February, being we're actually going to March, I guess, a little bit. But you can be transformed in these next several weeks. You. But your focus is not supposed to be. Well, oh, oh, let me see. It's uh, Tuesday. What, what's Tuesday? I gotta go, where's my card so I can figure out again? Well, I forgot. What am I doing on Tuesdays? No, no. Each day, it's God, what are you doing? What are you wanting to do so that the fruit that your spirit can produce in my life will be produced? Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. God, I believe there's things that we can sense, we can feel, we can see that are evidence of what you're doing. But I believe there's so much as well that you're doing that we haven't been able to perceive it yet, but you are at work, and I thank you for that. God, I believe we are in a a divinely ordained season that you, God, have orchestrated this time we're in. It's not about just a, a nice little time of focus it's not about just some kind of effort to put forth but it's about what you are desiring to do in and through us and i pray tonight father i pray for these next several weeks but really beyond these next next several weeks not just about these next several weeks i pray that you would help us to 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 not fall into a mode of just trying to do doing those things. And we, we may know, we may believe that they're the right things to do. We, we may know without a doubt from the principles and the, and the things in your word that we are supposed to be doing those things. But I pray tonight that you would help us, God, that our, our actions, our participation in the body, in the kingdom, in the church is not out of a responsibility to do, but it's a result of us being. I pray, God, that for each one of us, the ministry that you have called us to and the ministry that you may be calling others to in the season that they're in, God, that it, it wouldn't be about doing that because we're supposed to be doing, but that that would be the, the byproduct of the working and the moving of your spirit in our lives, causing us to be. Help us not fall into the trap of doing so that we can be, but... Help us to focus on being and let the doing be the byproduct. Let your spirit, your spirit alone, produce the fruit in our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, Ikaramandolo arata bahaya. I pray, God, that in this moment there would be a renewing of our minds, Lord, that our, our minds, our thought processes would be brought into alignment with your Word and with your Spirit, God. Lord, Your Word says that we are changed by the renewing of our minds. Let there be a renewing of our minds. Every person that's in this sanctuary right now, God, everyone that may be watching online right now, I I pray that there would be a renewing of our minds, that You would give us right thinking, thinking that is in alignment with Your Word, not thinking that is in alignment with human concepts, human ideas, human ways, a human mentality, God, but that our thoughts be molded and shaped by your word and by your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, praise God. Amen.